0: one of us tonight.
1: You're a good, good father
2: do, where we go, you remain a good, good father. That it doesn't matter if we turn our backs on you or we run away or we feel like we're not good enough. You are a good, good father. Even if we feel we're a million miles away, God, you remain the same. You are good. God, and I pray tonight that we would capture something of your heart and realise that wherever we may be you are unchanging you're almighty God and you stay the same you are good no matter how we act or wherever we are by your Holy Spirit I pray that we would begin to understand how good you are and God how much you desire us to know your goodness and lavish that upon us so tonight Holy Spirit have your way have your way Anything that we think or we know or we think we know, I pray that they would be put to the side and you'd have your way in our mind, our hearts would be open to what you are saying. And we thank you that you are a good, good father. Amen. Thank you, band. Fantastic. Come on, let's give them a hand. Awesome. Isn't it cool just to hang out with God? Wow, look at these fellas. Hey, well, we've got uh, something exciting happening tonight. We have a panel, and because it's Mother's Day, we thought it'd be a great idea, great opportunity to talk a little bit about mothers, but also chat about how can we, uh, one, acknowledge women and and mums for the awesome job that they do, uh, but from there, how can we honour women Throughout the rest of the year, because mums don't just do a great job one day a year. Is that true? Does anyone? Do mums do a great job only on Mother's Day? Or No, no, it's, it's all year round. So tonight I thought, let's have a look at some practical tools that we can take away to how we can honour women throughout the year. So I've got a fantastic panel. Would you guys like to join me up the front here, and let's get underway. Come on, give them a clap as they come.
0: Just so jump on, jump down the end. Just <laughs> wow,
2: this is great. This is fantastic. Where have our microphones disappeared to? They've disappeared somewhere. The band has run off with them. That's all right. We'll make do for the moment. All right, so. Starting from here, could you give us who you are and what you do, really briefly, 30 seconds or less, starting with
3: this man here. Thank you, Peter. Whoa, that's loud, isn't it? Hi, I'm Ray, and this is my wife, Wendy, and I have the privilege of serving on the team at Activate Church. It's a fantastic place to serve as associate pastor, and we have four children and two grandchildren. And it is. Thank you, Pastor Jen. That was lovely. And I enjoy bees. Over to you, Wendy.
0: Thanks, Ray. Hi, I'm Wendy. Um, I work as a medical receptionist at Anglesey Accident and Emergency.
4: Um, I'm Jono. Hey, um, I'm a student at um, Waikato. Yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Uh, I'm David. I teach primary school year five and six. I've got three kids of my own. Um, what are they? Twelve, six and five. Uh, and I probably play too many sports if you ask my wife. Awesome.
6: Hi, I'm Jess. So you have three kids. Our youngest just turned five this week. Mm-hmm. So very excited wow. to have her starting school. And I work as an intern psychologist um, up at the psychology centre and then also part of that um, at Waikato Uni one day a week. Awesome.
2: So, we've got a fantastic panel here tonight, and you can see we've got some very, well, they're all very intelligent people, and uh, we're in for a real treat. <laughs> John is studying engineering, so he's very intelligent. Uh, no lie. So um, I thought we'd launch into it, and if you don't know who I am, my name is Peter, and I look after the young adult age group here. And young adults, uh, we've got a progressive dinner coming up on the 27th of May, so make sure you sign up out in the foyer and pay your five bucks, it's going to be mean, make sure you're there. And make sure you're at Shane Willard, because I want to see you there. Very good. Perfect. All right. I thought we'd start with the mums, um, because I know mums have have great stories about their kids, so... Wendy, would you like to to start us with a story? What's a funny story you've had about being a mum?
0: Um, Well, First of all, I'm going to tell you about a story that I read somewhere, and it was about um, a family that were having some visitors around for dinner, and they were about to, um, before they had dinner, the mum asked her little, I think it was a four-year-old, to say grace, (coughs) and um, the four-year-old said, oh, what shall I say? I don't know what to say. And... Um, the father said, well just say what your mother says. So she said, dear Jesus, why are we having these people round for dinner tonight, I'm so busy. (laughs) So be careful (laughs) what you say around little children. Um, um, So another funny of I had lots of incidents with my children, but one of them that stands out was that um, one of my boys, he must have been about two or three at the time, and I remember I was vacuum cleaning up the uh, hallway, and uh, the phone went, so I left the vacuum cleaner and went to answer the phone. I was probably on the phone a good five minutes, Um, and when I came back, he'd taken it round to the toilet, and he was siphoning out water um, out of the toilet. And there was water about a foot out onto the carpet. It was a plastic, you know, the modern vacuum cleaner, so water was spurting out every available little crack in the vacuum cleaner. And I was too scared to touch him because I thought any moment we could all get electrocuted type things, I ended up turning off the mains. But that was not funny at the time, but it's funny now when I look back at that. Oh,
2: Wendy, you're brave having boys. Yes. I suppose you don't get a choice in the matter, but still brave anyway. (laughs) Jess, do you have any uh, thoughts around that?
6: The interesting one I had was trying to find stories that aren't too embarrassing to share for their sake. Um, oh, they'll be okay. I was going to say, this one, may still she might find a bit embarrassing, but she's not here. We had leaders from church, actually, over for dinner one night. And as you do, you like, want to make sure this is all good. And they brought their kids over. We had a couple of hours there at the time. They were still little. And then all playing and all going nicely, and then it goes quiet. And we're like, why is it quiet? So we went to check and we found one of each of ours trying to breastfeed each other. <laughs> and then there's this moment when it's, it's a leader in your church, and you're like, how do we, how do, we do this? This is
1: awkward.
6: Another one we had recently, we were tucking the kids into bed at night and went to have kisses. And my son turns to me and goes, mom, can we have a French kiss tonight? And I just kind of looked at him like, what? So I just gently explained what a French kiss was. And he turned around and was like, oh, that's yuck. I don't want that. So we um, did um, butterfly kisses instead. <laughs>
2: Always a safe option. You've got to watch out for the French, eh? Hey? <laughs> no, the French are great people. Um, this is one for, for you, you who can remember. This may be like five years ago for some of you. Um, but for Wendy, obviously. But... Um, can you think of any funny stories about being told off by your mum? Like for myself, I remember when I was young, you had the classic, you're just messing around with my brothers, and mum would come in with a wooden spoon, and on one occasion, she, this was when smacking was okay, and it was called discipline, not abuse, um, but mum came in and she ended up breaking the wooden spoon on my but- brother, uh, which was hilarious for all of us. <laughs> After that, she got quite a, quite a thick wooden spoon. So yeah, we were a bit more behaved after that. But uh, Jono, do you have any?
4: Uh, yeah, bro. This is like a, a less of a me getting told off story and more of like a me not listening story. But <laughs> So uh, back in the day when uh, we were living in Auckland, um, I must have been like pre-primary age or something. And so like it was just a usual winter's night. It's pretty chilly. So we had the fire and stuff going and Um, I sat down by the fireplace, um, like, and I just edged my way closer and closer towards the fire and, um, yeah, so our fireplace had like a glass, like, door with like the little wooden handle sort of thing. Anyways, mum was in the room doing something and um, she says to me, like, Jonathan, uh, don't touch that glass door, it's hot, you'll burn yourself. And I was just like... I was just, like, so frustrated, like, thinking, I was like, well, obviously, like, I'm not a stupid mum. And then I was just like, hmm, well, you know what? And then I just, I looked at her, and I was like, Whoosh! and like, and then I was like, <laughs> and then I just looked at her, like, straight in the eyes, I was like, Whoosh! and then and I just went, put my finger on the on the glass, and I was just like, Sss! and I was just like, because <laughs> obviously, you know, I just, like, burnt my finger, but,
2: yeah. We all learned a valuable
5: lesson that day, yeah. <laughs> Listen to mum, she knows what's right, eh? (laughs) Dave, do you ever? Um, Mum wasn't really so much one that would ever tell us off. She always used the, wait till your dad gets home. And then if it wasn't that, it was the, I've asked you guys five times to do this. (sighs) Never mind, I'll do it myself. And she had this way of saying it that just made you feel absolutely rotten inside that you'd go, no, mum, 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 I'll do it, it's okay. And it just... Just the way she said it just made you feel so icky inside because you hadn't listened either the, the first four times. Yeah, but it still always took five times before she got to that point. So, yeah. And I'm a boy, and I don't listen very well anyway. Yeah.
2: Oh. Awesome. Now, Ray's, I've been told Ray's got awesome stories about this.
3: Yeah, probably the most memorable one... Um was my mum enjoyed tea parties and uh, all this sort of thing. And so one day she had a whole group of ladies around and she had her fine china and her floral art out and all the nice music playing, which is very good. And uh, that day I decided to uh, tie my sister up (laughs) (laughs) to the clothesline. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my dad was an engineer and he had this dark orange enamel paint and I, I, don't ask me why I did it. I was probably six or seven, I suppose. And I was with my friends, and so we decided to paint my sister. And, and, and not only did I paint my sister, I painted a stripe in our Cries of um, Valiant, like a sports car. Because, um, you know, I thought that looked good. <laughs> well, my mother came out, and oh, my word. The, the ladies' party was all over uh, my sister was uh, rushed to the hospital. Uh, they had to get the paint all off her, and uh, these words just wait till your father get home. gets home. And uh, I wasn't looking forward to it, and it wasn't good either. So,
2: <laughs> seems <laughs> but, like back in the day, Ray, you're a bit of a, a
3: but bit ruthless, eh? Yeah. Well, I remember one day I did something wrong. I can't remember honestly what it was, and my mum was so furious with me. And she is an incredibly um, lovely person, wasn't she? I mean, she was the most the most loveliest person you could ever meet, and I remember her chasing me outside our back door, and I went tearing down the street, and she hit the strap in her hand after me. <laughs> <laughs> and I outran her. <laughs> and once again, wait till your dad gets home, so <laughs> I could just go on and on and on, but that's enough.:
2: Did anyone else have that wait till your father gets home? Did, can anyone else relate with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was always a good one. I'm the mum Arsenal A. Eh? They always seem to know when just to use it. <laughs> hey, so tonight, we, I really want us to have a bit of fun, and, and that's why I've got these fun people up here. Um, but I also want us to, to have a bit of an understanding of what mums do and the awesome job that they do, because they do an incredible job. But from there, I want us to walk away with some tools on how we can appreciate and honour a woman day to day. So that's kind of where we're going to end up. But uh, for the mums here, Wendy and Jess... Uh, What is something that you didn't expect to do as a mum? So when you were uh, first married and then uh, you started having kids, what was something that suddenly you were doing that you didn't expect you'd have to do?
0: Jump in. Um, Well, when I had children, I probably didn't expect the extreme tiredness that comes with being a mum. And people tell you, oh, you're going to be tired, but the relentless... um, It's a 24-hour job, so whereas once upon a time, you and your partner, if you were tired, you could just go to bed, or if you wanted dinner, you just ate it when you want, but all of a sudden you have another person joining you now who you're responsible for, Um, and too bad if you're tired, you have to carry on and look after your little one, because you love them, that's what you want to do. So I guess that's one of the things that I didn't expect to, um, which I found quite overwhelming and as time goes on you learn to deal with that as a mum but that's one of the things I didn't expect, yeah.
2: Awesome, so overtiredness, being tired, Mm -hmm. surely it's not that hard (laughs) I'm just joking, all the mothers out there, it's (laughs) alright No, Um, Jess
6: I didn't expect to spend so many my hours at a field of some description watching sport or many an hour watching dance rehearsals but I think the main ones that I didn't really expect was how quickly, like when your baby is born, the moment you see that child, how much you can love them unconditionally. And I think it really taught me something about God's love and just that feeling of that's how he loves us and holding your child in your hands and going, wow, that's, that's what he thinks about us as, um, mm-hmm. as we're holding that child. But with that too, the sudden worry that comes with being a mum. Always having to think about others, and always being aware of what have they got on today. What, what things do I need to be praying about for them? What, and it's just like you're not only just you that you're having to worry about there's so much more that you're that you're thinking about that takes up your life.
2: Wow, I know Mum's incredible. Absolutely, absolutely. Ray, I think you, you'll have a good answer for this. Uh, what's God's role for women?
3: Um, to be fun for their teenage sons.
2: <laughs> I didn't tell them to say that.
3: <laughs> no, look, I, I think it's, it's many to me vary, but I, I, obviously they're there to nurture um, and help developing. And I think mums are incredibly powerful influences in their, the lives of their children, um, and not only um, for teenagers but also for adults. Um, Paul writes the story um, in Timothy about where he's talking about Timothy, about um, Timothy's grandmother and his mother, Eunice, uh, because of the faith that dwells in them. And now he's confident that the faith that dwells in Timothy himself. So he is, you know, three generations, a grandmother, a mother, and Timothy. And Paul is highlighting not the father's or the dad's faith, but the faith of these women, these godly women that has influenced the life of Timothy, who pastored the church at Ephesus, For about three years, who Paul describes as my son in the faith, Um, and and Paul gives that description to no other person other than Timothy, my son in the faith. So the the influences of mothers, uh, or a mother and a grandmother, I believe was absolutely instrumental in Paul making that declaration over Timothy. Um, Some of us would be familiar with the story of Susanna Wesley, who prayed for her sons, John and um, Charles, and uh, reportedly she would put the apron over her head because she had a number of, I think, I I can't remember the number of children, it might have been 19 children, it was just a huge number, and she would put her apron over her head and pray for them constantly, and uh, the legacy of her prayers uh, and her son's lives and her children's lives, you can, you know, Google that and just, it's absolutely amazing, so mums have incredible influence uh, in the realm of faith in their children and I actually think of my own grandmother uh, in particular uh, as a teenager. There were some things that could have happened but didn't happen to me um, in some pretty tight situations and on reflection I honestly believe that was my grandmother's prayers. Um, So you know mums are very very influential and Uh, those areas. Also, mothers are very intuitive. They, Generally speaking, women are a lot more intuitive than men. I love the story that Pastor Russell Evans shares about as a teenager going in to watch a movie that he shouldn't have watched. And um, halfway through the movie, the door opens and the light shines in. Russell Evans, are you in here? (laughs) Russell, I know you're in here. God has told me. <clears throat> it was his mother, and uh, so this incredible sense of intuition, and uh, so watch out, teenagers. Your mums know what you're up to, um, and I think two mums uh, create this wonderful uh, atmosphere in the home. They really do set the atmosphere. Um, I mean, I, I just look at the, the the presence that they bring through their prayer, through. Just the, the whole way that they hold themselves. And so women are truly in a, in a very influ, uh, influential and elevated position to influence uh, the next generation. But not only the next generation, but the generations that follow and be an example to others. So for all the women here today, I you know, really honour you for the, for the wonderful influence that you are. And it, it's truly wonderful. So,
2: Yeah, cool. And I suppose it's an encouragement to pray into your kids, into your grandkids because your prayers do have weight and they do carry weight and it, it does influence uh, where they are at. Can
3: I just make a comment on that? Go for it. In Genesis chapter 18, carrying the same thing, it talks about Abraham and one of the things that I think marks Abraham as a great man of faith was his whole intentionality to see faith passed on to the next generation and the generation after and the generation after. And so you can read in Genesis chapter 18 where his intention is to train his children and his grandchildren to follow and walk in the ways of the Lord. And I think when mums and dads intentionally focus on that together, um, it's an incredibly powerful and influential thing for the generations to come. And um, so I'd really encourage us wherever we are on our journey of faith to be looking forward to the next generation. Um, and Paul writes in Romans 16, uh, he writes greetings to Rufus, which is one of his co-workers, and talks about his mother. He also goes on, she's a great mother, and she's been a mother to me. So he has this influence, this motherly influence in the life of the Apostle Paul. So
2: mm. Awesome. Jono, do you give something you want to chip in there?
4: Oh yeah, just my two cents, bro. Uh, no, I just had like, a thought um, um, from like Genesis 2.18, like back with Adam and Eve and stuff, and God said, like, it's not good for man to be alone, but I'll make a helper suitable for him. And like, I just want to be clear that I'm not saying it's like woman to serve man, but um, I'm saying it sometimes, <laughs> even though <laughs> we don't like to admit it. Um, the nice bro, the yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, even though we don't like to admit it, sometimes we need like some help. And um, so true. I thought it was sort of funny, cause like when all the bros get together, like, we just crack about, like, crack up about all the stupid stuff we do, and then, um, like, we go and tell, like, like the women in our lives and stuff, and they are always like, "Yep, that was really dumb." Like, <laughs> like,
5: so yeah. Yeah, just on that theme, theme of helper, um, I'm constantly amazed at how often I need help from some of the women in my lives. Um, thinking about mum and the role of Mother's Day with that. Uh, if ever there was something I was struggling with, she would be one of the first ones to stand up and take to the fight for me. Um, I felt really, really sorry for some of my teachers at school whenever something wasn't quite going right because she would be down there the next day and she'd be talking to them, sorting it out, having words with them. Um, and at the time, I really, really, I, I quite hated it because it was kind of like, oh, you're one of those mums. Um, but as I look back now, you know, she's, she's standing up for me and she was my advocate um, when I was younger and, and Mothers, in particular, need to advocate for their children. And it's a job that comes naturally to them. Um, and, and, you know, I've seen it certainly with my wife and our own children as well, where Jess goes in and fights a fight on behalf of our children when she needs to as well. So that, that helper, um, although Genesis is talking about Adam needing a helper, uh, it's the same for the younger generations as well. Often just awesome. need someone to come alongside them with a bit more experience, a little bit more um, graciousness. Uh, then perhaps the younger generation may have in dealing with some of these situations and to come alongside them and help them there as well.
2: Thanks for that. It's all awesome input, all awesome thoughts. Now, this is for us here just to, to get your feedback. We've just had Mother's Day today. Well, it still is Mother's Day. Is honouring your mum more than just a Facebook post? If you reckon yes, chuck your hand up. Okay. If you reckon no, chuck your hand up. Oh, do I see a, do I see a, no, yeah, no, what do we reckon on the panel, expert panel, is it more than just a Facebook post, honouring your mum, yes?
3: Yes. Oh. Yeah. we've heard it
2: all, it, it is more than just a Facebook post, and I hope all of you actually talked to your, uh, chatted with your mum, or um, if you're, if you're uh, a younger person, or you honoured the woman in your life uh, today, that's awesome. So this is for our mums here, how do you as a mum feel most honoured, in what ways do you feel most honoured?
0: And Just before I answer that question, I have noticed we've got two girls and two boys, that the boys seem to get themselves into trouble and do the most oddest and unusual things like touching fires to see if their skin will burn. Um, than girls. Girls seem to be more sensible, <laughs> I have to say. Um, I don't know, it's just the way they're wired, but boys get themselves into some situations that definitely need a mum's um, hand in it to, to get them out of those situations. And I also want to say that, um, you know, when I was thinking about mum's occupation, it's really you're a lawyer because you're having to stand in and sort out arguments and disagreements that are going on. You have to be a nurse. You end up being all these things that you never ever thought, you know, without even thinking about it. You're a nurse because all of a sudden your child has um, put their, snapped their humerus and you've, you know, having to rush them to hospital or whatever. Um, you're a teacher. I mean, I could go on. The occupation uh, as a mum goes, goes on and on. What's the original question? How do you honour them? How do you honour mum? How
2: do you feel most honoured?
0: How do I feel most honoured? I guess I feel most honoured. um, Well, I felt really honoured today because my children um, have chosen to verbally honour me, and chosen to um, they've given me gifts. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the five love languages, which is um, how we respond to love. Um, So. Um, the first one is, or they're not in any particular order, but there's gifts. You might be a person that responds more to gifts. Quality time, that's my gifts. So if my children choose to come and spend some time with me, or Ray chooses to spend some time with me, then I uh, feel good about that. Um, there's words of encouragement. That's Ray's um, love, love, love language. Um, fourth, what are we acts of service and touch, physical touch. Um, so I feel honoured when my children do that, but I also feel like when you've brought them up in the ways, when you're showing that honour also to your partners and to respect to the people around you, that that's also brings honour when I see them doing that to one another when I see them, because our children are adults, so when I see them functioning in a healthy way in the community and with their uh, workmates and children around them, when I see them honouring God, I feel honoured by that as a parent.
2: That's awesome. Jess?
6: I must say I'm quite, be quite similar. I must say one way, um, I mean, my kids are still quite little... And it's even though the fact that you can't escape the house in the morning without them running after you going, you haven't given me your last kiss, Mum. Mm-hmm. And just being told daily by, by your kids how much they love and care for you. Um, one that way that I love for them to show how much they um, honour me, I must say, is letting me sleep in in the mornings and the weekends. Mm-hmm. So I got a bit of a sleep in this morning and actually it was my husband that made breakfast for me. So he um, might need to work on that one a little bit with the eldest. But I must say too, it's... I guess when your kids are out doing things and when you see them responding in ways that you can see, oh, we might not see it, but at least they do it well with other people. <laughs> might, not, might not treat us that way all, all the time, but that you can see that, that you are being honoured by, by how they are um, interacting with those around them.
2: Awesome. Um, this next question, how do you honour... Our mums or women in our lives when they don't meet our expectation, you know at certain certain times and uh, certain places in our lives uh, people don't meet the expectations which are there uh, how do we how do we go about dealing with this?
0: Jesus gave us um, the greatest example that he loves and accepts us no matter what, um, and that he forgives us too so I feel that um, even amongst hurts, there's always something that you can uh, find to focus on that's not to do with it, but to do with the hurt, and that you can always find something good or positive. So, if you're in that situation, I'd really encourage you to try and find something um, positive about your mum, and to also pray for her because your uh, confession, uh, even if your heart's not there, that your confession will. Um, you know, follow, your heart will follow by the words, and we heard this morning in the service how important it is the words that you speak. Mm. So, if you pray for your mum and continually pray for your mum, then your heart will follow that.
5: Awesome. Yeah, Dave. One of the big things for me around is where's that expectation come from? So, is it something that's come from, so for me personally, if, if someone or, you know, my wife or my mum or my children, whoever haven't lived up to the expectation, um, the first thing that I do is, where's that expectation come from? And I actually assess, is it a healthy expectation? Is it an expectation that I have a right to have or should have? Um, And I try and trace back why I feel like that was an expectation. And sometimes it's because that's what happened in my family, but that doesn't mean it happens in everybody's family. And so others may not have that same expectation. And so I try and see where that discrepancy is between what I thought should be happening and what is actually happening. Um, And then once I've done that, that can allow me to address it within myself and kind of think, well, okay, maybe that's something that I need to change rather than putting it on them to change. Um, Or there's been times in our marriage where we've had conversations around the expectations that we've had. um, And then in in those conversations, I realized that um, actually the expectation's probably not, the expectation is probably the same, but how it's outworked is differently. Um, and, and therefore there's things that I need to change within myself to be able to to do that. Uh, one classic example is with that is um, I really hate being late anyway. And when we first got married, um, I'd be in the car waiting, ready to honk the horn. Katie's in the back, buckled in, ready to go. And I'm thinking, where the heck is my wife? I don't want to be late for church. I don't want to be late for this. And um, we'd end up having a few discussions over the top of the vehicle as we're getting in. Um, and then we sat down and we said, look, what's happening here? And, and then it was things like, you know, Jess was running around turning the lights off, locking the doors, putting the dishes away, um, doing all of those sorts of things that she felt that she needed to do before we could be leaving as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once I realised that, um, I started helping out with some of those things instead and making sure that we were doing them before the time cool. that I needed to leave to be awesome. on time. Yeah. So uh, judge the expectations of myself and figure out are they suitable, are they not, what can I do to try and change them as well.
2: So understanding whether
5: they're healthy expectations
3: or actually hindering. Cool. I think too, um, something I found is quite helpful is to look at honour on four levels. So, you know, I mean, I acknowledge for some people, their mothers may have been quite neglectful and quite absent in their lives. And so, you know, the question of how to honour them becomes a real challenge and I think it's important to acknowledge that some people do live in that space. But what I find is helpful is is the four levels of honour. So number one, you honour others because they're created in the image of God. So they're created in his his image, therefore I honour them. Secondly, you honour them because they hold an office, a mother and a father, or a mother or a dad. You know, the scriptures in Exodus 20 and in Ephesians 5 and 6 Paul in particular says, Honor your father and your mother. He's referring back to uh, Genesis uh, chapter 20. So here's the position. So we're honoring the office. So the the next aspects of honor become challenging. Um, So we honor people for their achievements. You know, people that achieve well, for example, you know, a person does well in athletics or in business. We honor them for their achievements. And then, fourthly, we honor people for their character. With those last two areas, people's achievements and characters, if they fall over you know, in a, a, a mother-son or a mother-daughter relationship, I encourage people, honour your mum for this thing. She's created in the image of God. Honour the office that God has placed her in in your life. Important things. And then sec- or thirdly into that, you do need to let forgiveness function in your life and choose, I choose to forgive you, mum. I choose to forgive you when that thing happened. It hurt me, it really undermined me, but I forgive you and I pray the blessing of God. And that needs to be practiced. And if you practice that and establish that well, your life will soar far above the wounds of those things. I met a woman who was in her mid-50s. Her father had sexually and emotionally abused her as a teenager. And um, when you look at this person, you'd go, there was just absolutely no evidence of harm in her life. And I said, how did you get through this? She said, it was really simple. I chose to forgive my dad. What he did was really, really wrong, but I chose to forgive him and I prayed God's blessing over his life. She said, I had to work that through. It didn't happen on the first time. But here she is today, a free woman, because she chose to forgive. So, yeah.
2: That's awesome powerful isn't it powerful uh, what forgiveness can do and it's about making the choice uh, and the last question I, I wanted to chat about and this is sort of a practical uh, step for all of us to take home but how do we go about honouring women every day whether that be your mum your girlfriend your sister your uh, just the woman around you how do you go about doing that what's some practical tools that we can take go for it Wendy
0: Well, first of all, if we look over there, we have all the values here for godly living, kingdom focus, purpose, courageous, belonging, and big hearted. So that's a foundation that I can work from as a godly, having godly values in my life so that I'm able to. express those and use those as my foundation to not only women but to every person that I meet is that we've just talked about honour but there's honour and respect um, and that choosing to see the good in one another and then honouring verbally, honouring honouring that and so it's a choice and it's a perspective of, of where you choose to live from and uh, as a Christian woman, I choose to live by those values, knowing that Jesus came and saved me, he's given up his life for me, and so I have access to forgiveness and goodness, and so choosing that way of life rather than choosing all around us in the world, the perspective, worldly perspective is to live for yourself, um, everything's for yourself, and it's quite a, a selfish um, perspective. So, choosing to um, live by God's way is the best way, and that's the way that I find um, enables me to honour other people because cool. um, that's cool. where your powerhouse is. And, yeah,
2: mm. fantastic.
5: Yeah, go for it, Dave. Um, for me, it comes down to there's a verse the in the Philippines too do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather consider others as better than yourself. Uh, And when you do that, it allows you to set that foundation of, okay, rather than thinking about what I need, what does this person need? Um, And one of the things for me as I've, which leads me to a second thought, as I've grown older and I look back on the things that people have done for me in my life, whether or not that be my mother, um, workplace bosses, uh, friends. Family, however, um, one of the things that allows me to stand where I am is their stories. And so, for me, one of the things about honouring, particularly my mother, um, but is stopping to listen to her stories, getting to know her as a person rather than just as mum. Um, it's really easy just to look and just go, Oh, yeah, there's mum. You know, she's 50 plus now and closer to 60 plus. Um, But, you know, there's mum and she's had her life and she's done her things, but actually taking the time to hear her stories and hear um, what she has to say on things and allowing those people, other people that I uh, hold close, to influence my thinking, to influence um, my actions, my thoughts, my well-being as well.
2: Awesome. Very cool. Oh, Jono, last one.
4: Yeah, just to sort of add to what you're saying there, um, like in a practical sense, for me to honour my mum, I would have to like pause and you know at the beginning when you're getting used to it, just like pause and ask yourself like if I do this, like how will this affect her? You know, like will I be respecting her opinion, yeah, it's cool. Um, her preferences, her feelings? Awesome. Um, will I be respecting her identity? Um, and will I re- be respecting any agreements that we've made?
2: Yeah, that's a pretty profound, eh? That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, I, I hope tonight that you can take away some things and say, Well, how can I honour the woman around me, uh, whether it be your mum, girlfriend, etc.? Uh, how can you go about that? Um, because it's an, an incredible thing. And I've just asked Ray to pray, and he'll do that in a moment. But thank you guys. Uh, It's been really cool to have you and and share some of your insights and thoughts around these things, and uh, this is cool for me to to hear what you have to say, but I hope that you've taken something away, because that's uh, very cool. So, hey, why don't we give these guys a round of applause? And I've just asked Pastor Ray to pray a blessing over all the women here tonight as we close, and then band... Uh, We won't finish with a song, but if you can jam in the background,
3: perfect. Yeah, Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, with being able to share, uh, Lord, on this wonderful topic, Lord, of of mums and women, and in particular Mother's Day. And Father, I pray, Lord, wherever we are in terms of relationships with our own mums, Lord, where there's been pain and difficulty, I pray that our hearts will be filled and overflowing with forgiveness, Lord. Father, I pray for fresh starts and new days that, Lord, as we leave from this place and start, Lord, a new week, that our hearts will be filled with fresh love, fresh honour and fresh passion for our mums and for the significant women in our lives. May we honour them. May we truly be a blessing to them. And Father, for every woman here, for every mum, Lord, I pray your grace, the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. That, Father, will unlock them to soar to the new heights that you have ordained for them. Father, may they live, Lord, knowing that you're for them. May they live knowing that you're with them. May they live knowing that you set vision and destiny, Lord, ahead of them. That, Lord, is to be expressed not only in this generation, but in the generations to come. That, Lord, we would truly be the people of God. Lord, risen with Christ, seated in heavenly places. Lord, living out the purposes you've caused. Called us to live for the glory of the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, team.
2: Cool, come on, let's give them a hand as they go. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, In the foyer to your left, in both foyers, we have giving stations. So please give purposefully as you go, and thank you uh, as you do give. I, I declare a blessing upon you, but hey church, let's go into the week, being Jesus, whenever, wherever we go. Be like Jesus, wherever, whenever. Amen.